Back to the Culture Call on Praise 93.3 with L. Spencer Smith. Our desire is to reach and empower the community by discussing a cross-section of relevant topics from various perspectives that are essential to its growth and interpersonal connections. Be sure to save our call-in number 205-752-4800. Be sure to install the free Praise 93.3 app so you can send L. Spencer Smith a message or topic idea. Search for WTSK in your app store. This is the world great morning, great morning, great morning. You know what time it is. That's right, precious people. It's time for the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3 FM. That's right, it's the place where Tuscaloosa meets the world, of course. And for the next two hours from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., we're going to be right here talking a little bit about everything from society to sports, education, economics, from religion to relationships. And, of course, as always, we are here to create a safe space for having empowering, provocative, and sometimes, sometimes, y'all, controversial conversations. And guess what? You can call in or chat it up as we learn together right here on The Culture Call. Listen, if this is your first time of being a part of The Culture Call this morning, welcome, welcome uh, to our family. That's right. We're glad that you tuned in. Maybe you're driving through the city or maybe you just picked us up online. Whatever it is, we thank you for being a part of the culture call. Want to send a shout out to Brother Jay that's been lighting up the airwaves. That's right. You know how that goes. Yes, sir. And passing me this baton hot, hot and ready to have some powerful discussions today on the show. Absolutely. All of my uh, recurring and if you're consistent listening to the culture call, I want to thank you from the very bottom of my heart for being a part of this journey with us daily. That's right. From Monday through Fridays, 10 to 12, you are here all of the time. And thank you so very much. You see me, you tell me what kind of job I'm doing, and I really appreciate you for that. Absolutely. Listen, while we're doing it, I want to encourage all of you to go ahead to your Apple or your Android device, your uh, app store, and search out Praise 93.3 app. That's right. There's a free 99 app. You don't have to pay a thing and you can download that on your phone and you can hear us where? All around the world. That's right. Doesn't matter where you are. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C., New York, New York. That's right. Uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Definitely. Bology, Gordo, Utah. You can hear us all over. That's right. Wherever you are, you can hear us and be a part of the show. Listen, I also want to remind you uh, to go ahead and uh, do two things. You have two options, right? I want to be your public service announcer. What does that mean? Glad that you asked. Well, here's what it means. It simply means that when you send in uh, your public service announcements to culturecall.praise at gmail.com. That's culturecall.praise at gmail.com. You empower me to tell everybody, lottie dotty. Everybody, that's right, your friends and your enemies, (laughs) exactly what you are doing in your neck of the woods, whether it's your organization, your church, your sorority, your fraternity, maybe your music group is having a concert or your favorite preacher is in revival. It really doesn't matter. I can let everybody know what's happening, what's going on, because we want to put faces in the place. Yeah, isn't that the goal, right? You want folks to come, don't you? That's right. So you got to work on that, right? Yeah, we want to see everybody at your event, right? Well, you know why? Because we do it better 
when we do it together. That's right. We don't have to be out here by ourselves. We can make it happen together. And, of course, listen, you can call in at uh, 205-752-4800. Let me back up. You can also go to my Facebook page, The Culture Call, like that page. So many of you have liked The Culture Call page to find out what's going on. And you can send me your uh, your event, your flyer, whatever that is. Send me a note uh, of the announcement, and I will definitely pick it up from there. And I can say it on the air. No problem, no problem. But, yeah, of course, you can always call 205 205- 752-4800 and you can chat it up with me or you can go ahead and there's a chat feature on the app. That's right. Maybe you're at work and you can't call me, but you've got some ideas about what you've heard. You can get that app and you can stay connected to me. Absolutely. And send it to me and I can definitely, definitely uh, let everybody know what you're talking about. Whether I'm doing a good job, whether I'm stinking up the joint, it doesn't really matter. I want to hear from you. Absolutely. So do me a favor, sit back and relax, grab you some coffee. You know what we do from Maxwell House to Starbucks. Y'all know what I like. That's right. Grab you some tea, some herbal tea, whether you're trying to chill out some chamomile tea or you can uh, get your day energized with some green tea and they got peach and raspberry and all kinds of good green teas. That's right. To give you a little caffeine kick and you can definitely always get alkaline water. Get some alkaline water. That's right. Uh, and, And get down to that cellular level. Detox that body on this um, on this morning and get ready to have a wonderful day. Get hydrated and let's get into the culture. First things first. Uh, do y'all have my single yet? Do y'all have my new single yet? My new. That's right. Music. Y'all do know I sings. <laughs> I sings every now and then. Yeah, I've got a new single out that's called Great Things. Right. It's on every digital platform and you can get it from your Apple. Your Android, you can go to Google Music, you can go to Pandora, you can go to Spotify, wherever you listen to your gospel music. They've been playing it here at the radio station, May, and it's had such a great response nationally. That's right. Uh, we just released it on Friday, and over the weekend, it had such a great response from people saying, yo, I love that groove, I love the bop, I love the words. It's really encouraging, and I'm telling you, you need to get my new single entitled Great Things. That's right, Great Things, because guess what? I really believe uh, that that what you say out of your mouth creates the world that you live in, that our worlds are created by our, our our words. And if we keep saying the wrong words, and I think that's what the media and some of the social media is doing and, you know, people around you, you know, evil communication corrupts good manners. That means that whoever you hang around begins to give you the way the, your language and the behaviors and the habits that you uh, you act out. And so we've got to be very intentional and very careful about the words that we release. And so this song just simply says great things are in store for me. You got to listen. It's a beautiful song. It's laid out right. I mean, it talks about life. You need to get my new single and let me know when you do. Absolutely. You can call in uh, or you can hit me up on Facebook and definitely let me know that, yes, Bishop, great things are in store for me. That's what I'm telling everybody to start saying over their lives. No matter what it looks like, wars, rumors of wars, you know, folks fighting and doing all kinds of things, evil manners. Th- I mean, it will mess your mind up. It will depress and discourage you. But you have got to say something in contrast to that, opposing that. And yes, I know everything that's going on, but great things are in store for me. So don't forget to get that single, okay? Good deal, great deal. Listen, we're going to tackle a, a, a major subject today. You know, uh, October is uh, Breast Cancer Month, 
uh, that we, uh, that, that's the color pink that all of us had on this month, especially if you went to church. We had pinked out Sunday yesterday at the Impact Nation. And we, you know, celebrated our, our breast cancer survivors because, of course, it can affect women. It affects them predominantly, but it can affect women and men as well. And we celebrated that and we just celebrated life, you know. And uh, I think that's very important that we, we begin to raise money for research and begin to, you know, because it affects black women at, at such an increasingly high rate. And, and now it's getting younger. And so if you've not had a mammogram yet, yeah, sis, guess what? You need to check it out. Fellas, if you feel a lump, you know, check yourself out. That's, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's your body. Chill out, right? Go in and make sure that in your chest area, in your breast area, that you don't feel any lumps or any kind of, you know, something hardening there. Because that could be a sign and an indicator that you need to get it checked out. And don't just say, oh, the, the, the Jesus is going to make a way. No, he's already done that. He's got, he's raised up doctors and those who know and have the technology uh, that can really, you know, uh, make sure that you're okay. Right. Don't be afraid of the help and uh, tell somebody. Right. Don't be going just putting anointing oil on it in the name of Jesus. Now, I believe in all of that. But, yes, let's use everything that has been given to us uh, to make sure that we are OK. Right. Because it is always best, especially when you're dealing with that kind of disease, it's always best to catch it on the front end, especially if you have uh, you, your pre predispositions and uh, hereditary. Maybe maybe someone in your family, your mom, your aunt. Uh, your grandmother, then you are more highly susceptible uh, to to be also uh, in your DNA and your genetics uh, to to have that kind of situation, that kind of disease. So we don't need to overlook anything uh, in the name of trying to be deep and religious. Get yourself checked out. Amen, church. Amen. Make sure you do that because we want to make sure that you live long and prosper. Absolutely. So do that. Make sure. Not only is October uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but it's also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Yes, that uh, that that this month is also where we champion and bring to light and make us aware of the desperate situations that a lot of people are going through. And as I've done my research, because that, because that's what we're going to talk about today, domestic violence, uh, and shine some light on that as we land in the month of October in this final week, as we come final full week anyway, as we come to the end of this month, we need to talk about domestic violence and what, what effect it is having on relationships and families and people's, you know, uh, uh, life, health you know, their well-being, that domestic violence is occurring all around the country and dare I say, even all around the world. And it is minimized in conversation and in dialogue in a primary way. And uh, there is a reasoning for that as well. There's a reasoning for that as well. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, But we need to bring to bear and understanding that of domestic violence and uh, those who are in relationships that suffer against the anger, the control, and the and yes, quite honestly, the brutality of those who they are in relationship with. And they can be married and or unmarried, and it can be male, just like cancer, male and or female. Right? That males can also experience domestic violence, even though it is predominantly done against uh, women. So we definitely need to have that address. That how does it affect family? Where does it come from? Uh, uh, what are the signs? 
what are the what are the areas that you can treat someone and 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 help them get get out of that situation, out of that painful prison, out of that hurt and pain, and begin to recover their lives wholly, right? Um, and that will never happen if we sweep it up under the rug, which uh, in history. That's what many did, and 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 we're going to be talking about that. I'm going to be suggesting some biblical things as well, uh, and, and try to mesh them in so that we can get a current cultural understanding of what domestic violence is, what it is not, right, and how can we prevent it. That there is definitely help, and so uh, for those who are suffering at the hands of that kind of situation, and I think it is very important for us to have that kind of resolve, right? Let me start at the top, right? If you're in a domestic violence situation, that is physical abuse, uh, mental abuse, emotional abuse, uh, uh, verbal abuse, if you're suffering under all of that, uh, control, imprisonment, all of that, you need to dial this number, 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. And you can call that number because you do not have to stay in that kind of hurt and that kind of pain. You don't have to stay in that kind of situation that the the, the world that you live in life has presented you. No, you can use uh, everything that you have to protect yourself and move beyond the pain of all of those things that seemingly, seemingly uh, happen uh, in, 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 in life, in relational life, in family life. And so, yes, definitely you need that. Again, that's 1-800-799-7233. Once again, 1-800-799-7233. Listen, I want to start off with a centering moment, uh, entitled, why does it look, why does love have to hurt with you? Somebody says, well, you know, if it, if it's love, it ought to hurt. And I don't, I don't agree with that though. Y'all. I don't agree with that. The, the the way that we try to romanticize and or glamorize other people's pain, especially Hollywood, you know, especially in, you know, in certain circles, the way that we think that things are, are, are just right, you know, from, you know, the what's love got to do with it with Ike and Tina Turner or when we're looking or whether we're looking at uh, uh, the color purple with, uh, with Celie and Mr., uh, and we look at the, you know, this whole idea of the Stepford wives and, and different kinds of things. There seems to be a way that we tell the story. And yes, we, we see it. You know, uh, there is a, a movie called Enough, Enough with Jennifer Lopez. Um, that's out as well. And uh, again, Hollywood and society has a way of glamorizing things while trying to tell the story. And I think that there is no glamour in it. I don't think that when we talk about domestic violence and abuse, that it should not be glamorized. I know we have to tell the story, and I know that Hollywood does what Hollywood does, but there are there are millions of women all over, millions of women that are all over this country that live in the pain and the hurt and the prison of domestic violence, right? And And that's not what they have chosen. That's not what they have chosen. You know, when you look at it from a statistical situation that uh, that a lot of these things happen in unmarried um, 
relationships like boyfriend girlfriend fiance relationships espoused and then but when we get to marriage it really begins to work in a different kind of insidious way why because now now silence the silence about it is almost protected because of what they are trying to preserve that maybe one day this person will wake up and not abuse me. This person will wake up and see the true value of who I am. This person may one day shake off their anger issues and their volatility and love me like I deserved to be loved. And what happens is, is that an individual chooses to stay in such a situation. And that is, uh, that first of all, that's sad. But, but, but I'm not, I'm not casting any kind of aspersions and punitive, you know, arrangements against, or, or, or accusations against them rather, because they are in their mind in a particular arrangement that they feel that they have to stay. And when you look at the statistics that we'll be rolling out in a couple, in, in these, in these next two days, that when you look at it from a statistical perspective and you begin to, to, to begin to question and you ask those who are both in domestic violence or, or those who have experienced it and got out of it. One of the things that they say is that I stayed for my family. I stayed for my security. Not even understanding that's almost like oxymoronic, <laughs> that they're staying in an abusive, violent situation for their security, right? That I've got to stay with him so that I can live, so I can get my bills paid, so I can have a house to, you know, live, a roof to live under, so that my children can be taken care of. But I, so I take it. I use my body. I use my face. I use my identity, my worth, my value as ransom. And I offer it as ransom for these material securities, right? For the care of, again, my children and my family. And they make those decisions not understanding that they are putting literally, they're, 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 they're playing a, a game called Russian roulette. Yeah, they're playing a game called Russian roulette and uh, that, that, that they, they never know when they're going to hit that one bullet that's going to blow their brains out. That's how domestic violence is. That I'm just going to stay in the hopes that that other person change. I'm going to stay in the hopes that that other person begins to see the error of their ways when in fact they never will. Because in other words, you know, you, you've heard this thing that we treat, we teach people how to treat us. And so when someone is violating your person egregiously and violently dis, uh, disregarding your person and your worth, that they don't one day wake up and change. They say, I know that this person is going to allow me to do this because they have figured out that you've used your body, your brains, your mind, and your life, most importantly, as a barter for uh, material things, for money, for a house, for, you know, uh, uh, kids daycare, for security. And that, again, it's not security because you're at, you're at, you're at risk. It's no security. Absolutely not. You're in a burning house already and you staying there is only having gasoline in every room, right? Because we don't understand what it means that when we say love one another, because we think love or the hurt, we think that it's a part of relational growth 
that I take this violence and one day this violence is going to be dispelled when I overcome it with my love, with my food, with my sexual sexual gratification. That's what we think. It's the twisted way that our humanity tries to, again, glamorize the violence and the destruction of domestic abuse. And we need to stop that. I know many women, many women, black women, that stay in volatile relationships in the hopes that one day this individual is going to change to love them like they should be loved. And my question is always, when I sit across and I talk to them, what are you gaining out of it? What are you gaining out of it? You know, as a pastor, I teach. I teach about love. I teach about relationships. And I teach that these things are processes. I teach that if you're going to be in a relationship with somebody, it's not going to always be hunky-dory. There are going to be ups and downs, vicissitudes. There's going to be things you like. There are going to be days of pleasure. There's going to be days where you don't like each other so much. Yes, there are going to be days when you want to see them. Yeah, right? And, and days you don't want to see them. It's going to de- be days where, oh, I could just eat you all up. And then there's going to be other days that I wish I ate you all <laughs> You will be gone. Yeah, that's kind of the normal course, right? But but nowhere in that, nowhere in that whole understanding of process of becoming one is violence and abuse interjected, right? That we've got to love each other like we are, first of all, brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is if you're of that persuasion, of Christian persuasion, right? Uh, and we got to love each other, most important, as we love ourselves, so one of the things that domestic abuse teaches us is that somebody in that relationship does not love themselves. Therefore, they cannot love you. Especially after you, they busted your lip and blacked your eye and, and cracked the rib. And then they come back and say, I've never to do, I never do it again. And begging your pardon and all these different kinds of things. I really hate myself. No, listen. Maya Angelou says, when people show you who they are, believe them. Believe them. You are not the Savior and you are not the Messiah. Get that. You are not the Savior and you are not the Messiah. Love should not black your eye. Love should not crack your rib. Love, true love, yes, should not put you in the hospital. But it should not make you have to wear shades because they, they, your eyeball is all or your eye is all blacked out and your iris and your pupils are bloodshot because they punched you in your eye like you got everlasting written across everlast written across your face. That is not love. And then the question comes, well, then what love has to do with it? But see, love has everything to do with it. Love has everything to do with it. Right. That the, the reason why we're even in any kind of relationship, whether you're married or unmarried, is because you believe that there is some kind of love connection there. Now, if you're in a situation where, you know, it's just this thing and y'all got that kind of violence, you know, thing going on, then I don't know what to tell you. You know, you beating him up, you beating her up <laughs> and y'all OK with it. Listen, I stay out of grown folks business, especially when they crazy. Right? That's just it. But, comma, let me say this, that when you say that you love someone, 
It means to decide. This is what love is. Love is a decision to do the best on behalf of the one you say you love. I'm going to treat you the best. I'm going to do you the best. I'm going to give you the best food. I'm going to try to get you the best gift. I'm going to make your house peaceful. I'm going to make sure that you're provided for because love says I've already decided to unconditionally factor in my help and assistance in making you the best person that you can be. Which means, which means, comma, that love does not abuse. Love does not abuse. Let me say it again. Love does not abuse. No. Yeah, you need to go and read 1 Corinthians 13 and see what love does not do. <laughs> right? Right? That that Paul talks about this in Ephesians 5. Talking about yeah, you can't you can't abuse somebody because what that says is that you hate yourself. And how can you be in love with someone that hates themselves? Right? Your love is not powerful enough to deliver somebody. They first need God's love. They need to contact Jesus and all up. Yeah, they need all that first because you don't have the capacity to do it. You do not have the capacity to do it. You are living in a prison, but you're calling it love. You are incarcerated, but you're calling it intimacy and romance. See, we grew up in our, our historical roots. We grew up, you know, looking at our big papas and our big mamas fuss and fight. And he come in angry at work and drunk and pop her in the face. And big mama stayed there. And she stayed there because, number one, at that time, she probably had nowhere else to go. Number two, she had about 12, 13 kids to take care of. So she figured that she would lay her life on the line to take care of her family. Let me say this to you. All that may have been done. And, you, and and we appreciate that. That is not right. That wasn't right then, and it's sure enough ain't right now. We have come out of those darkness, those dark ages, and into the marvelous light. And that simply means that, according to the Bible, that if you are in a relationship, that person ought to do you good. That you are not unequally yoked. Y'all ain't going in two different directions. I am not your punching bag and your frustrate, uh, your, your alleviator of frustration. Right? I am not that for you. You know, in terms of, in terms of you abusing my physical body. And that's whether we're in the, whether you're, whether you're trying to punch me or even in the sexual act. No, you're not, you're not going to treat me like you're raping me and trying to get, trying to get off. No. Uh-uh. We're going to come together and we're going to talk. We're going to communicate. And I'm going to see how I can bring peace to your life. But I will not be in a relationship called a prison. My love will not hurt. And I will not experience love that hurts. And that is what I am saying today. That there are many men and women who are going around the country. And let me tell you, it is really silent with men. Because, you know, when men are being domestically abused, because that does happen. When it happens to men, they very rarely tell it. They they very rarely tell it. Right? And, and because, again, it's it's almost a Hollywood stick. It's almost a comedy. Right? <laughs> like Esther was ab abusing Rudrow. Grabbing him and shaking him and calling him all out his name. Uh, that was abuse. We laughed, but that was abuse. Absolutely. 
right? And I know we got eat the cake anime, eat the cake anime, and all these different kinds of things. We've got memes. And we tried again, but it is creating a mentality to stay in domestically abusive and violent situations, and we've got to reverse that in our community. Love should not hurt. Love should cover a multitude of sin and fault. Love should pick you up, not punch you down. Love should say what is best for you and not bring out the worst in you. Absolutely. So we're going to be talking about domestic violence today. Yeah, all day. Yeah, and I hope those of you who that need that help, please get it. If you're listening to me, hear my heart's cry. 1-800-799-7233. That's the domestic violence hotline. Call it. Get some help. See how you can get out of that situation. Love yourself enough to escape and get out of that kind of violence. Yeah. This has been your centering moment right here on the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, Praise 93.3. We're going to have a wonderful show for you today. So much information we want to provide. Stay right here. Don't miss it. This is the world And we are back right here on the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, Praise 93.3 FM. And it is a beautiful day today. That's right. But it's an important day, a very important and sobering day as we talk about domestic violence. That's right. At the end of the month of October, we want to make sure that we address this very, very important subject. As important as breast cancer is, I think this is even as important that we talk about the hurt, the pain, the violence and abuse that happens in our relationships. And when we look at the statistics that black women uh, face this in an egregious way, very uh, in an escalated way, should I say, uh, more than uh, other other uh, ethnicities, that is because of the way that we view it and the way that we frame it. There is so much silence. It is the way that concerning it. It's the way that it is treated even in law enforcement that, you know, there is a unless there is verifiable evidence, you know, and, and that's interesting that, you know, even the law enforcement don't, doesn't catch it, uh, you know, in that kind of situation or in that in the, in the level where it can be prevented, you know, especially when it's not a marital relationship and you start telling them I'm away now, but they're stalking me and you, you know, all of these different kinds of things. They, they, it's like you got something has to happen. Then you got to report it. It's various levels and steps. And if I can say, um, I, 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 you know, it, it seems to trend on the on behalf of the abuser initially because the person who's being abused, yes, has to prove and and, and you should because you know there there are documented cases where you know people have lied, they have told the untruth with regards to abuse by an individual, and so what the legal system does it, it errs on the uh, on the side of caution. That it makes the person who said that they've been abused go through these various steps of proving and these various steps of verification and, and making sure that this, this is documented and that is documented and getting restraining orders before they re- even, you know, lock someone up. And, 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 you know, statistically, it doesn't end well that, you know, by the time they really get involved and get into the arrest portion, somebody has been murdered and or killed or have been, has been terribly maimed. And um, that's that's solely unfortunate. 
that there is a code of silence that is so that protects the domestic violence abuser. It's the, there's such a, a a thing that well we don't talk about that or you know don't say that don't say that because he's a good reverend don't don't say that because you don't want to mess up his business don't say that don't don't tell nobody just keep it quiet try not to make them upset try not to make and 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 you're looking at them be so personable you're looking at them be so uh you know so uh a kind and congenial to everyone else and yet. You go home and face the wrath of an individual who has not mastered the context of their own soul. They've not mastered the context of their own desires and strengths. They are, they are in a place where they're so immature and so underdeveloped as an individual that they have to control everything. They are master gaslighters. That, that they'll, they'll, they'll abuse you and make it seem like it's something that you did, that you did in order for them to, to, to do that. And so their response to what you did, right? Uh, you know, they, they are narcissistic. They are controlling people. And you're like, well, how come I didn't see this? No, no, no. A lot of times we ignore red flags. And we're going to talk about some of those red flags, right? Like, like how, you know, I tell people when, when they're in relationships, like if you come to me and say, well, Bishop, I want to get married or X, Y, Z, or you say, Pastor, I want to do sex. So here's what I tell the folks. First thing I ask, have you dated them for four seasons? Let me say it again. Have you dated them for four seasons? Have you been around them at least a year? Because every season brings a different character. Do y'all hear me? Culture call, huh? That every season bring a every season brings a different character. Indeed. Brings a different character. That there's somebody in the spring, there's somebody in the in, in the in the summer, there's somebody else in the fall, and there's somebody else in the winter. And here it is. You're trying to be in love and trying to establish a relationship with them. And it's like, okay, what is really, really going on here? And so, yeah, you have all of that particular context going on. And you're trying to figure out, wait a minute, what's happening here? What's what, you know, and you're trying your best. Right. Oh, but one day you didn't you, you didn't op- you didn't take out the chicken and put it in the in the in the, uh, you know, or, or cook or you didn't do something that they wanted you to do. And then they haul off and become violent or berate you with their mouth and tear you down with their words. And they make it seem like it's your fault. No. No, 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 no. That is domestic violence. That is domestic abuse, verbal abuse. And we're so we're so used to being, especially black folks, because we are so emotional. Because we are so expressive in our words. Sometimes we don't know the difference between somebody expressing something intensely to us and someone that has crossed over the boundary and becoming violent in their words, becoming threatening in their words. Right? We sometimes we don't understand that. And see, because again, our normal manner is, hey, you know, that we we just you know that's kind of that's kind of how I am that's kind of no 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 you need to begin to develop a different level of skill when you're in relationship 
that if we're going to be in love, if we're going to be allow love to be the foundation of what we do in a relationship, then there are going to be ways that we talk to each other. There are going to be ways that we handle conflict resolution. That me being your 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 husband or your wife or your your boyfriend or your girlfriend, but that that does not exclude the fact that I have my own mind and I do have the right to uh, my own convictions about how I see that I don't have to see it how you see it. And when that becomes, when that becomes the caveat by which we have a relationship, that person you need to get away from them. You need to get away from them. You need to talk to figure out what, the, and I'm not saying press those limits, but be in a relationship. I have never seen them angry. Well, don't get married yet. Don't, don't you? Nope. 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 Because I need to see your emotional thresholds. I need to see how you handle anger. I need to see how you handle pain. I need to see how you do with that, I, that's what I need to see. I need to see if you're going to cut the fool on me or whether well, I'm, I need to see all of you. Y'all feel what I'm saying? I need to begin to experience the full parameter because once I see something and let me say this again, Mother Maya Angelou, my goodness, on the sacred board of mothers in the cloud of witnesses that watches us now said that when somebody shows you who they are. No matter if they make excuses for themselves, believe them. Oh, I didn't mean to shout at you that way. I don't know. No, no, no. I'm a fire lad. No, nope, 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 nope. No, 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 no. Because, because again, you know, that, that whole thing, you're teaching someone how to treat you when you are in relationship with them. When you're trying to leave and they grab you and snatch you, believe what they just did. Uh, no, we ain't going back and forth. Oh, okay. Well, I tell you what, don't call me no more. Because that's what you're not going to do. We don't play those kinds of games. You feel me? We don't do, don't do that. Don't. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No. I, I tell people, you need to make sure you don't know that you investigate the background. Investigate the background of that individual. Who's in their family? What kind of family they came from? Yeah. But, but yeah, you, you want to know all of that. How do they handle conflict? Because, again, pseudo love will make you blind to the realities of relationships and will make you give excuses for things that you really need to escape from. You feel me? And so don't be saying, well, he just, they just, she just, she just having a bad day, doc. No, 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 no. She has no emotional uh, 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 control. She has no emotional intelligence. She flying off at the waitress. She flying off everywhere. She gets mad. She cusses. She use profanity and all these different kinds of things. And you like, man, girl, you crazy. You right. You 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 said it yourself, man. And you laughing it off. <laughs> now I know had nothing. Absolutely not. You got to protect and love yourself against that, right? Before you say, I do, there are some things that you need to investigate. Let me say that again, culture calls, so y'all can hear me in the back. Before you say, I do, before you buy a white dress all lace, before you go down that aisle, you need to figure out, is this the, what that individual is all about in an annual situation? 
You need to figure out how they feel. And when you when you disagree with them, how do they react? How do they respond? Right? That's what you need to do. See, because again, if it, if if it's hurting, it's not love. I don't know where we get that stuff from. If it's hurting like that, it's not love. No, love comes in reasons together. Love hears your viewpoint. Love is not controlling you. Love is not putting you in a in a prison, huh? Love is not manipulating. Love doesn't give you a black eye and put you in the hospital. Love does not say you better shut up and don't you tell anybody. That's not love. That is control. Let me say it again because obviously some don't know the definition. Love is not control. As a matter of fact, love is the greatest freedom that you can experience because if you love that person, you want them to be free to be exactly who they are supposed to be. Yes. Yes. When you love an individual and when an individual loves you, you're not stalking them. You're not sitting outside their job to see who's talking to them. You don't get mad at them and, 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 and go on silent treatment when y'all going because you, because one of the sisters hugged him after church. You know, you know, one of the deacons greeted your wife and now your wife got a black eye. Don't you let him greet you no more. What's she supposed to do? Go straight to the car? Then everybody's going to know something is wrong. See, but we put ourselves in these situations because we don't have a good, a, a, a proper definition, not good, but proper definition of what love and relationships are. That we, we that there is something about that is etched in the black ethos that that love is supposed to put me in harm's way. If I love an individual, I'll take it. That's a lie. L-I-E, not L-Y-E, but that's a lie. That's a fib. That's the untruth. No. No, no, no. Love protects. Love covers. Love shelters. Love doesn't take, you know, account of wrong. Love doesn't puff itself up. Yeah. Love does not get get angry to the point to where it wants to uh, uh, commit violence against an individual. Period. Period. Yeah. That's what you got to do. And understand that, hey, I have to keep living. And this person is hindering me from living. So, yes, that those of you who are not married right now, because that's these are two different conversations. Those who are married and experience domestic abuse, abuse uh, are different in their options in, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of how it's laid out uh, and the steps that you might need to take than those who are single but experience that. Because until you are married, you are single. Say it again. L, say it again, Bishop. I said, until you are married, guess what you are? Single. So stop making these little arrangements. See? Stop making these little arrangements. Stop living with people who are violent. You ain't got no, they ain't got no insurance. If they died today, got hit by a truck, you could get nothing. 
because the state doesn't recognize it. Ain't no insurance going to recognize it. Well, we've been living together for three months, six months. And no, no, listen, listen. See, I hate to even talk about marriage in this context. That marriage is a, but it is all marriage is also a business arrangement. Let me say this again. For those of you who don't like marriage, marriage is a business arrangement. It secures you. Yeah. And so you got to understand, you have to understand what you have to do. You got to do that. And you have to understand that, yes, I don't, that you have to have some boundaries that you have that you must build in order for you to preserve your own life and your own well-being. Otherwise, otherwise, you're going to find yourself in a particular situation that is totally destructive to you. And you're going to be in a cycle of violence and abuse. And then now you got all these kids to be concerned about. You have nowhere to go. And all now you got because you're not thinking on the front end. And what I want you to do, and as you're listening to the culture call today, is start thinking on the front end. Start thinking and being strategic on the front end. Love does not mean that you do not have to have a strategy. Yeah. You have to have a strategy of how, how you're going to continue to love. Because love changes through the years. Yeah. And so part of part, your number one strategy for loving, right, is that I can only love this individual how I, how I love to the degree that I love myself. And when something is happening to you that causes you to hate yourself and hate how you look and hate how you feel, you're no longer a viable candidate for loving someone else. And the sad part about it is a lot of times we get into relationships with people like that that don't love themselves and they're trying to love you into loving themselves. But what they've do, they've seen, they've grown up in a in a situation in families where domestic violence, they've seen it, it's the way that their conflict resolute, right? That's that's a part of their conflict resolution plan. To slap each other and punch each other in the mouth, that's how they resolve conflicts. Say, but you didn't know that because you're in love. They've been a part of that. They've heard so much and they're throwing dishes and they're controlling and, you know, when they don't do right, you know, uh, uh, holding finances and, you know, all the, and, and they've been in that kind of system for so long and they think it's normal. And then you get hooked up with them and without any investigation, you fall in love and then you go to sleep with them and then you have, you know, have sex with them and then you produce all these babies. Not even understand that underneath the surface, because when you're in relationships, pressure is going to happen. That pressure can turn them into somebody who you've never seen before. And great people, precious folks, beloved, I need you to start thinking about. Yeah, I need you to start thinking about your relationships. That's why I said every relationship is going to have vicissitudes. It's going to have ups and downs. It's a part of it. It's a part of relationship. Every day is not going to always be Sunday. There's going to be some rainy days, some cloudy days, yes. But there never has to be violent days. Not one time. It may be moments of intense fellowship where y'all are, you know, you escalated voice. I get all that because that's a part of it. But hear me. When it comes to abuse, it should never be there. Absolutely not. And we got to do better. 
definitely, we got to address this domestic violence situation in our community. Listen, this is the Coach Call with yours truly, Elspeth Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. And I need you to keep it right here. We've got so much more to go, and it's going to bless you real good. Don't miss it. We are back. It's the top of the hour right here at the Culture Call, 11 a.m. and some change on this beautiful day that we are having right here at Praise 93.3 FM. And I am so glad and elated that you have decided to join us today. Absolutely. Listen, I want to encourage all of you that if you haven't done it already, go ahead and download my new single, Great Things, L. Spencer Smith. That's right. S-P-E-N-S-E-R. Some folks been smelling really see and you've not been finding me and I've been trying to tell y'all for years my middle name is S-P-E-N-S-E-R that's what it is so yeah make sure you download my new single yeah great things and let me know what you think about it it's a smooth song it's a gospel song yeah uh it's it's an encouraging more encouraging message uh, uh in that song that I want to go ahead and push that out Make sure that you are part of, you know, get the song. It's going, yeah, add it to your library. Yeah, right along with Shirley Caesar and Doc McKenzie and all those folks you listen to. Yeah, all of those people, Jaquel and Carr, go ahead and put my song in there. I promise you it will be a blessing to your day. They're playing it. And shout out to all uh, who playing on WTSK, Praise 93.3. They're playing all over the place, and I am super excited. It hasn't even been an entire week yet. It just came out on Friday and the song is receiving so much support. You can find it on Pandora as well. And uh, it would definitely, definitely be a blessing to you. So do me that favor. Do me that favor and go ahead and download my new single. Listen, I also want to remind you that this coming Saturday, October 28th from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. is your Booster Brand Pop-Up Shop. Uh, sponsored by Black Graphics. 2101 Bowers Park Drive, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. That's right. Cece Cooper is the hostess and DJ Tank Sinatra is going to be the MC. Don't want to miss that. They've got businesses and vendors out there uh, for your enjoyment. So definitely be a part be a part of that. Definitely want to be a part of that. Listen, now also, I want to be the, uh, the first to invite you on November 11th. Our church will be uh, having a, uh, a in white, in blanc is what we're calling it, <laughs> and sneaker uh, gala at the Tuscaloosa Rivermark to celebrate 33 years of ministry. That's right, 33 years of ministry, and uh, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. Yeah, the 333 band is going to be there. Uh, we got all that kind of DJs and all that food is going to be there. We're going to celebrate our members. I want to invite you. I want to invite you to be a part of that. Listen. And so, yes, go to Eventbrite. Eventbrite is where it is. And just look up uh, Impact Nation, the Impact Nation Fellowship Church. And you will see the event right there. Uh, and uh, we'll post it so you can be a part. But be my guest. I want you to come and be a part of that all white, all in blanc. That's what it means. All white, in white, and sneaker gala on uh, November uh, the 11th. That's right. Be a part of that. It's going to be a great. You do not want to miss it. Yes, it will make my heart glad if you all came out and hung out with me for a couple of minutes. Yeah, eat some chicken wings and listen to some music. <laughs> it's going to be better than that. I just thought I'd say that, right? 
So, yeah, make sure that you're sending me your uh, public service announcements. You can do it online at my uh, Facebook page, The Culture Call, uh, on Facebook. Go ahead and like it and then send me a message. Or definitely you can email me at culturecall.praise at gmail.com. That's culturecall.praise at gmail.com and be a part. Let me be a part of what's going on. Let me announce it so everybody know what's happening. Okay, cool. That sounds great. Listen, we've been talking about today domestic uh, violence awareness, domestic violence abuse and uh, uh, all of those kinds of things that happen in relationships and you know that that you know somebody said well yeah, I don't believe you know um, that love not supposed love supposed to hurt you know if it's love it's supposed to hurt man come on come on that you got you got to have something better than that you you got to have a better way to view love than that. Where do you get that from? Where do you get that from? I don't know where you get it from. Because one of the things that the scriptures tell us, Paul says, is that especially, and he addresses it to men. He says that no man has, you know, who hurts his wife, you know, no man who has a wife can hurt his wife because to do so is to hate himself, is to abuse his own body. Yeah, and that we are to treat our wives as the weaker vessel. And I hate that word weaker because King James Version translated that, but it's the more fragile, the more fragile vessel. In other words, that that women are not as strong in physicality and physiology than men, you know, uh, by, by nature, you know. Uh, they're not, not stronger. And so men have to have a, a certain understanding that they're so precious. That's what the, it's like fine china or a crystal vase that you have. Those, those things that you set up, you know, in your grandmama house and she tell you that don't you go through there running because if you, if you run and one of my dishes or my glasses break, I'm going to tear you up. That's the kind of way that, that women are. Yeah, from a from a biblical sense, from a divine sense, that women are, are, are to be treated with the level of respect that you would give some Wedgwood uh, crystal. Yeah, in China, that 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 you treat it well, that you make sure that because it holds its value, if you treat it well. Now that's something right there. That 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 she holds her value and increases her value when you treat it well. Well. And the text also says that those of us who are husbands, watch how we treat our wives, because if we treat them wrong, it will hinder and stop our prayers. In other words, you cannot be an abuser and think that God's going to hear you. That, that uh, you know, and that's part of one of the things I teach preachers and when I travel and I'm dealing with that, I tell them that your marriage and your relationships mean everything to God. It is a symbol of Christ and the church. So whenever you knock your wife around and punch her in the face and treat her bad and imprison her, take money away from her, confine her, you're saying that that is what Christ does to the church. And you, sir, are a liar if that's what you're saying. That is absolutely not true. Unbiblical. Yeah. See? But because we glamorize it and and folk don't say nothing about it because that's good rib. That God know rib hard. God knows this X Y. Okay, yeah, but he yeah, uh, uh, he knows his heart. But he also knows what of the what of that woman 
What does God say about her? Hmm? What does he, how does he feel about her? Or oh, it don't matter to her, know about her. Really? Really? And we've got to, we've got to begin to change the very twisted ways that we see each other that are so unbiblical, so ungodly, so undivine that it, without a Bible, an unbeliever, an unbeliever can understand that I am supposed to treat this person like I would want to be treated. That's why it's important that even before you, you know, you get into a relationship, you begin to understand who that person is that you're connecting to because that person can literally be the extension or the end of your very life. Right? And so, yeah. So just like, like Tina left Ike, Ike had some situations going on. Yeah. Just like Tina did that, you got to leave. You got to find a way to do what is best to preserve your life. You got to find a way. Yeah. Don't get mad. I ain't calling nobody's name out. I ain't said nothing. I'm just talking about the situation I'm talking about. And that's facts. We are given to love one another. That When you find that individual, if you're married, that, that the, the word says that that is supposed to be bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. In other words, this person that I'm looking at is me from the inside out. Their form, their structure, their beauty, they are the softer side of me. Every man that gets married, that chooses a woman, that's what you say. If you can't say that about her, that in other words, he says, that's me. That's my DNA. That's my reflection. That woman is my reflection. Yeah. And if you can't say that, then you'll treat her any old other kind of way. Or you'll cheat on her. That's another subject for another day. But yeah, then there's that. Because, yeah, that person is, that you're with, you know, is not, when you're not a healthy you, you don't need to even be with anybody first. But you don't know how to control your anger and control your violence. Here's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes. The preacher says, anger rests in the bosom of a fool. That when you're so angry and you're so violent, the text gives a foolish connotation over your life. A foolish denotation over your life. Absolutely. And so we've got to begin to deal with some whole, the root causes. I begin to, to, to research because I really wanted to know what is really, what do we gain out of it? What, 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 what does one gain out of being violent to the person who they say they love? I mean, what do they gain out of abusing the individual that they say they love? Uh, how, how can you throw and slam and beat and bust up the, the face of the person who built, bore your kids, your children. How does that even work? I don't know. I don't know. So I began to research it. And, you know, in my research, I found various things that I'm going to outline just for a few minutes. And it says one of those things is power and control. It is the person's need for power and control. Let me say that again. It's their need for power and control. That that domestic abuse and domestic violence often stems from, you know, an imbalance of power and control within a relationship. You need somebody to control. You need somebody to do what you say. 
Yeah, you need somebody to to be able, and, and and we find that especially among black men, because a lot of times, a lot of times they're disrespected. So on the job, they're disrespected in the world, and they think that when I come home, I, that's one of the only places in my home and at church is where we become abusers of authority, abusers of relationships. It's that it's that Im, it's that imbalance. In our minds, it's like I've got to control something. I've got to have power over something. And so, and so what that person does, that abuser wants to exert power and, 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 you know, uh, over a, another individual, over their partner, because number one, that partner almost guarantees silence and a lack of rebuttal. That, that person almost guarantees that nobody's going to know about that side of you. Right. And so you carry out your the abusive behaviors and attitudes, of, you know, such as physical violence, punching them like they're, you know, like they're, they're, that you're sparring partners or emotional manipulation or financial control. You you're given you're given your wife, uh, you know, allowance like you give your kids. You're giving your husband a rationing off money like like he's your, one of your children. Yeah, because you got to have power. I ain't, I'm not giving them that much that much because I don't trust them. That's what that says. That if I give them too much, they might leave me. And here's the deal: when you say that, you know what you already said that I need to be left. The person that says I'm not going to give them this much money because I know if I give them much money that they might leave me. You're, what you're saying is I am worth being left. This ain't hard. That. that I'm I'm worth being left. Yes, power and control. When I say shut up, you you shut up. When I say sit down, you sit you sit down. Yo, really? You know, but let me say this that for, 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 let me let me just say this because I'm you know I'm trying to navigate my words properly today. Let me say this that when the Bible says that the woman is a help meet suitable. That that word help there is not made. It's not servant. Like, you know, there was a movie called The Help with Viola Davis in it, right? And made and second class. That's not what that word help means. Help means suitable. That word help is the word Eza, which is the same word that God uses for himself when he says, I am Ebenezer. Hitherto the Lord has helped us. That means that that person and that individual has a certain kind of strength to help you navigate through your difficult times. That's what Ezer means. Look it up. I know I'm not wrong. So when it says a help meet suitable, that that woman is an easer to you. She uh, is supposed to make things easy, <laughs> right? Easier for you, right? She is likened unto the Holy Spirit. That is that one that is called alongside the help. That in the Greek is called parakletos. That one that helps you that helps you, that comforts you. That help doesn't mean she's a slave or a servant. You know, her name is not Florence. Her name, she's not tying up something. No, that is that Western crazy mindset that we think, and that's totally wrong. Right. So when you're talking about power and control, it's not, you're not clapping your hands and she, you know, this is not, you know, what is funny, uh, Domestic, not domestic violence, but there's a movie that we all know, but Eddie Murphy and uh, 
uh, called Coming to America. And they had this uh, Vanessa Bell Calloway as his wife meeting her for the first time. And he says, you mean to tell me she was trained to do everything she want you want him to do? And he gets her by herself and says, yeah, bark like a dog. And she starts barking like a dog. And he's looking like, are we serious? That This is not what I want. This is not, this person doesn't make me better because they don't know who they are. This person doesn't make me better because they're doing what I want them to do. In other words, help sometimes uh, helps you in the direction that you don't want to go. In other words, you made this decision, but help comes and says, well, let's look at it a different way. And that help is not to be controlled or abused. Yeah. So that's one of the steps and the stages of this whole idea of abuse, that that person wants, you know, power and control over something. Absolutely. Man, come on. Here's another one. It's learned behavior. It's not just about power and control, but some folks have learned to be violent and abusers. I told you before in the last segment that they saw it in their homes. They were raised in that kind of frame of reference, in that kind of frame of mind. And so it can be perpetuated from generations. You know, you saw grandmama get, go through it. You saw great-grandmama go through it. You saw your mama and daddy go through it. And now you think that that's just the way of life. That's how it's always going to be. Are you serious? Right? You know, generations, they, they see it in generations and, and they learn these abusive behaviors. And I told you this conflict resolution, they don't see how they appreciate. So all you saw was mama staying at home or grandma staying at home and having food done and having the kids, the bed, the house was straightened out and she was quiet and demure and all that. Yeah. And you think now in the 2023, you gonna get married and some of these ladies, some of these guys going to do it? Absolutely not. You saw your big mama knock your granddaddy out, <laughs> right? And you think that here it is, come Rufus or Robert, going you gonna get with them, and you gonna knock them out? No, that's not no. You know, and see, that's why children that experience these abusive or that witness these abusive behaviors, they've got to get therapy before they get in any kind of relationship. Hello, somebody. That as you grow up and you've seen this, you need to you need to talk to somebody. Not just take it to the altar, yes, but also go see someone who is specializing in the areas of being able to heal these things and tell you that this is not the way that relationships ought to go. No. See, because those things contribute, contribute to what you will bring in your relationships. And even if you say, well, I, that was them and when I get somebody, I'm never going to do that. Yeah, but avoidance is not freedom. Let me say it again. Avoiding bad behavior is not freedom. You're still not choosing that situation and what you saw chose. That experience that you saw is choosing for you. But you have to learn how to be free enough to value yourself to make that decision. And so you got to get some level of therapy, some level of counseling. you got to do that so you won't walk around here on edge. Because, yes, there might be a time where you need to stand up for yourself or you need to address certain things when you're in relationships. But because you're so busy trying to avoid it, you won't even stick up for yourself. Why? Because you think that it's going to end up, you're afraid that it's going to end up into a volatile situation. And that is not the truth. That's not how that thing goes. You feel me? That's not how it goes. Right? So that, 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 that's important. Here's another one. Here's another one. Societal factors. You know, when we talk about gender inequality, 
when we talk about cultural norms and social attitudes, you know, that for a long time in our community, black community, these things were swept under the rug. Yes. And the more status that a person had in the community, the more we were willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, the more that we were willing to preserve who they are, who they who they were and their status in the community, as opposed to confronting them about the violence that they were committing behind closed doors. That, yes, that that our poor parents, they knew that that Reb was beating up his wife. They knew it. But he Reb. Reb came down here to see my grandmama when she was sick. And Reb came to, you know, Reb did my wedding. Reb baptized my children. You know? And so we give all, you know, that's doctor. That's the teacher. They ain't no. Uh-uh. We got to hold them to a, and so they, they, they you know, they, they're beating up their family and X, Y, Z. And so we, there's a code of silence. Don't you say that. You know? And it wasn't, it wasn't like a God going to get you for saying that. No. It was this, we have to protect and preserve because they're, they're so important to who we, who, you know, we think they're so important to, to society and culture and to our community that we give them a blank slate when they are violent, when they are reckless, when they are abusers. But what of their wife and family? What if, what's going on with that family? Oh, we don't care. Reb, listen, Reb done said three, three points. And as long as Reb can raise Jesus up at the end of every sermon, we okay. Really? Are we serious? Yeah, that, that's, you know, he human, he a man just like everybody else. That's, and, and that's the point. And that is, you're exactly right. That is the point. Absolutely. I made sure as a pastor, as a preacher, that I would never do anything to my wife that she would, that when I sit up in church, she got a fake as if I'm not the man that, that's the preaching to the people and she looking at. Cause let me tell y'all something. Let me say this to y'all. I've been doing this a while that the folks look at the spouse to see the integrity of the person who's preaching or the person who's teaching. They look at the spouse. They look at, you know, especially when you talk about marriage, that everybody looking at her and she's sitting there with her face looking straight. You know, when I say something controversial, I'm like, babe, you better say amen because these folks looking at me. Nuh-uh. My job is to treat my wife like a princess, like the queen that she is, to provide for my kids. That that they'll look and say, hey, you know, my dad ain't perfect, but he ain't never put his hand on my, my hand on his their, my, their mother. That no, absolutely not. And of course, I know my sons. They would never let me get away with that. So then there's that. So that wasn't even an issue. Not at all. The things that we tolerate in, in terms of societal factors. And see, this country is all, is, 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 is like that. We, that we allow people to say anything about women. We allow them to treat each other improperly. I preached about that yesterday, how we even treat black men with disrespect, how we do all this and they're getting in relationships and the women to disrespect them and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's a part of American culture to be abusive in our context of relationships. You know, everybody needs a survival story. No, I don't need that story. That I ain't think Mabel loved me unless she, you know, threw some dishes at me and bashed me inside my head. 
pour hot water on me while I'm in the middle of my sleep. That's abuse, sir. You deserve better. Stop it. Love yourself more than that. See, and that's why right now there's such a move to tear down patriarchal systems and rigid gender roles and all that. And that's why it's all out of kilter right now. Because I believe, I believe from a creational context that, yes, there are particular roles between men and women, especially in marriage. I believe that there are roles, but I don't think those are roles about control. I think those roles have to do with purpose. Let me say it again. I don't think that there's, this, these roles are about control. It's about purpose, culture call. It's about purpose. That God made me as a man for one thing and made my wife as a woman for another. My woman, my wife is never, has, she's, she's not going to take out a trash. Now she got a husband and sons, she's not going to do it. No. No. And that doesn't make her weak. That, that doesn't make that. No, I'm, but see, we, we tell me, well, I can do whatever a man can do. No, you can't. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. And you shouldn't want to. But the way that culture and society has explained and expressed these things and have limited genders and, and have uh, one has been, uh, uh, you know, stifling of the others. I see why women come out swinging. I see why they want to break these, uh, you know, these machoisms and all of these other kinds. I see why. Because certain men were raised in that, that no, in certain situations. You know, if she, you know, a man, is he's stronger, so he should move the couch. Yeah. But it's time to move the furniture. Yeah. A man should mow the grass. He should. Not that a woman can't. But she shouldn't have to. Her roles dictate that she shouldn't have to. See, so we got it, 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 this whole abuse thing and this whole, you know, gender inequality thing has the, has the roles that God placed on each other so out of kilter that we are fighting even the purposes of God. Because somebody thinks that the man is supposed to tell the woman to shut up and she's supposed to shut up. It's a misreading of Paul's context of how women are to be silent in church. A great misreading. Listen, and so they'll use Bible to support some of these things. And it's so out of cultural context. So it's a bad hermeneutic. It's a bad interpretation. It's terrible because that's not what the text says. Number two, three, four, five, and six, if you understand how the, the perspective of how the translation of the King's James Version was created, then you will be like, yeah, this is really out of kilter. This is really out of kilter. Because, you know, it, it, but it fosters a sense of control. It fosters a sense of domination. That's why I, I, I a lot of times don't even deal with the King James Version as a preacher, as a teacher, when I'm teaching folks, if you come to my church, I'm not going to preach from the King James Version because I have done the study on the King James Version. I'm talking about an academic, a biblical study on it, and it is a poor version of the interpretation of the text, the original text. But you, you're in love with those these and thous and those and these and thuses. And you're in love with that Elizabethan English, and it's literally destroying families. It's literally giving you an incorrect perspective. Not saying that everything in it is wrong, but it's not the best as, you, as you're applying cultural context and learning about relationships because it has a lot of domination and a lot of uh, um, 
domineering in it. And if you're not careful, you can adopt abuse as a religious practice. Say it again. You can adopt abuse and violence as a religious practice because of how the text was interpreted in one version. Yeah, that that King James is a translation of a personal interpretation. Are you feeling what I'm saying? So, yeah, but it's this thing that's been set up, especially in this country, that men are domineering alpha men and all these kind of things. You ought to be strong, sir, but that strength is not for you to control. It's not for you to domineer. It's not for you to, to abuse and to, to be violent. It's supposed to be so that you can take responsibility and to lift up and to push forward and to elevate those who are around you. Absolutely. So we got to really deal with those patriarchal systems and those, you know, the social acceptance of violence that we just turned the other way. We got to really deal with that. We got to really deal with that. But listen, I got to take a break. Listen, this is the Coach Call with yours uh, truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3 F. It's going to be a great day, already a great day. Keep it right here and don't miss it. This is the world premiere. And we are back right here on the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. And haven't we been having a marvelous morning? Absolutely. Listen, as we've been talking about domestic abuse awareness. Yeah. Domestic abuse awareness, something that I believe that is important in our community. And um, October is the month that we actually, you know, begin to really pull back and understand the science. And if there be any science, but the, the causes, the causations of it, the effects of it, and how we can help each other, you know, master and get out of those particular violent, volatile cycles of life. We need to begin to really talk about that. And we talked a little bit about that in our last segment, uh, dealing with a person's need for power and control. A person may have learned behavior that they're committing domestic abuse and violence. And then, of course, societal factors where we have to change the frame of reference of how we look at gender in this country, how we look at sex and gender. And it's a, it's a big discussion. And unfortunately, uh, this country has, you know, factors of, again, gender inequality, cultural norms, social attitudes, uh, you know, are, are, are a lot of times the root causes of uh, domestic violence that we don't see women as equal citizens of humanity. Let me just say that, equal components of humanity. And I, I, when I read this, it's it's crazy. When I read this, I, I, I currently am dealing with, actually, I'm at the end. I'm at the end of the series. But the entire month of October, I was dealing with a series called Put That Man in His Place. And what I was dealing with was really talking about, you know, men and, and, and black men in particular and how we are framed in society, you know, certain struggles and certain necessities and certain things that we need that we that most black men don't know how to articulate on a, on a particular level that they don't know how in their normal lives to say this is what I need uh, in my life and and so I really begin to deal with that but one of the things that I dealt with one of the things that I dealt with was the Genesis one text when it started dealing with from us and I dealt with it from a societal and cultural 
aspect, but with a biblical foundation. So what does that mean? Okay, good. I'm glad that you asked. <laughs> Coach, call, here's what that means. I started to say that when you read the New Revised Standard Version, I begin to teach from that because, I, as I said in the last segment, I really don't do a lot of teaching from the King James. The King James Version for me is is for poetic language. It's just it's just a literary device. But when it comes to translation and really getting the proper hermeneutic, I don't use the King James Version. That's my thing. Listen, I'm not saying you got to throw away your these and thous and thus, but in when we from a, as a biblical student. Um, yeah, I just, I want to go with the most accurate, uh, translation. That's just me. That's how I can make sure that the people who follow me is being taught or being taught properly. You understand what I'm saying? I hope you understand that. So I'm not casting aspersions to whatever your pastor, teacher, leader, even if your personal study, you love King James. I'm just saying it's not the easiest number one language to understand in 2023. That when you reckon when that, when that translation came, uh, came to pass, yeah, it's not the easiest language to stand because nobody really speaks like that anymore. Nonetheless, when you look at the interpretations and the levels of interpretations, there were things that were definitely changed in the text for both cultural and political needs. Uh, and, and so, yeah, but that's biblical studies. And I'm not going to get into that today. I'm just telling you when I dealt with that and the text says, and uh, you know, and God created man. That word man there is Adam, right? And in the image of God created he them. Now, King James says created he him, right? It says in the image of God, God created in his image them, them, right? Male and female, he created them. There's not a him in the original text. So in other words, God created man and woman equal, but they were all one in Adam. And God made man, Adam. God made man, Adam. In the image of God created he them. Them, still Adam, male and female created he them. Then he began to t- assign, you see. But the essence of hum- uh, of the spirit and the image of men and women are the same. In Genesis chapter number two, another creation account, he begins to pull out of one end of one atom. He begins to pull out a woman, puts the man to sleep, right? Puts the man to sleep, and then he pulls. He takes from the man a rib, right? And that is when the man became Ish for man and Isha for woman, right? So they were all one in one individual at the beginning. God says, then it's not good for man to be alone. Put man in this deep sleep, right? And he pulls from out of that one man a rib, one atom, again, one atom, and pulls out the rib and makes an Isha and calls the remainder an Ish. But they both have the same regard and stature in the face of God, in the eyes of God. And then he assigns roles. Right? And remember what the role is, that 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 this male man or this man, he doesn't have a, I will make him a help meet suitable. So Isha is the help meet suitable to Ish. Right. 
And so they are each other's complement and supplement. That 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 the male or the man is not over the woman. No. They walk alongside each other, and he says, let them have dominion, right? <laughs> so, yeah. And so, but when you get into a, when you get into a, a culture and a society that's domineering, what you begin to understand, that their understanding and their definition is a part, and I hate to wax biblical, but I have to do it right here, they, 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 because the, the religion is such in support of these uh, distorted definitions of men and women, right? But that is primarily after the fall, that, they are, that those definitions are a fallen and ascribed to a cursed context, right? This is why when Christ comes... He regards women so very highly. Look at the text. He regards women so very highly because he's trying to reverse a cultural understanding of people who think because the woman was deceived that she is lesser. And that is not divine intention. Teach the word, Reb. I am. Yeah, that's what it is. So he regards it. And then when he gets to Galatian, Paul gets to Galatian, he says, in Christ, there is no uh, Jew, no Greek, no bond, no free, no male, no female. We are all one in Christ. That part. So when you're dealing with a society, however, comma, <laughs> that looks at women as a subset or a subservient humanity, then they can be controlled just like animals, just like you know, this, you know, just they can be used for, you know, just for their sexuality. They can be used, you know, for their service to cook, to clean. So then you got people in the country that says women ought to keep silent in the church. I don't believe women can do this. I don't believe a woman can do that. I don't believe a woman can do that. There is no, there is no assignment on those things that they have assigned. And they use a Pauline, they twist a Pauline context. Not understanding what words really mean. They have no strong concordance. It's just what they have learned. And so they've learned to keep, you know, that keep us subjugated. You just look pretty and you be quiet. The women ought to keep silent in the church. And see, all of that, when you hear that, it, ha- it develops a certain mindset, especially in men who have trained, who train to violence, who don't have mastery of themselves, who don't have control over their own nature, who want to control something or to show something they're in power that then it, 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 they have it from a religious context. And so they learned the abuse of nature from a religious context. Yeah. I don't, I don't think men ought to hit women, but every now and then she need to be put in her place. Oh, really? Okay. And, and, and come closer. And who are you to do that? Where is that a sign and where is that ascribed? Where, where, where is it? Where, where, I mean, where do you get that from? And so there are women that are subjected to this kind of abuse, abuse of nature. And we're like, what, what, where does that come from? Where did you get that, sir? That she's supposed to just take it. Cause just, cause she, you know, she got to stay in her place. Really? 
What is that? Yeah. So we got to really deal with that because a lot of times our own Christian understanding, our own Christian quote unquote faith, and I put faith in air quotes, the way that we believe in the, some of the things that we learn in, in religious context supports domestic violence and abuse. That when a man said a woman ought to shut up, she ought to shut up. Really? 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 And so you got people that think like that, and, 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 and that's, that's a tragedy. That is a tragedy because it does not bring forth the full humanity of who that woman is in God's sight. We ought to treat each other like God treats us. Period. Yes. And so, yeah, when you have those different kinds of patriarchal systems and that societal acceptance of violence, especially toward women, especially toward women. I'm not saying that men don't uh, are not abused. That's an, it, that's another phenomenon. That's another kind of idea, right? That when men are abused, right? Which is why you don't necessarily hear about it about that. It needs to be brought up, but but you don't hear about it in that context because you know what the 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 off of not the 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 underlying context or the standard context is that men are over women. That's the context. That, that that's how that's how people view it, and it's not an over under situation. It's a side by side, and we have certain roles that we are responsible for. I am responsible for protecting my house. If something goes bump in the night, I, I as a husband I shouldn't be asleep and let my wife get up and go check to see if there's a robber or somebody breaking into your house. My wife could be like, "Hey, babe, uh, I heard something." Go out there and check. What I do is get about my sleep and I'm going to go check because my job is to protect my family, my garden. That's what, yeah. That's what it is supposed to be. Yeah. But when I'm hungry, she's like, babe, you want something to eat? You know, we can, I can get you something, you know, but, you know, so you won't have to stop doing what you're doing. To bring peace to the house, to set up things because that's her strength, that we play off each other's strengths. It's not an issue of control. But the fact of what I wanted to bring out is that a lot of times it's our religion that make, that gives domestic violence and abuse its, its hiding place. Yeah. Religion is where domestic violence and racism and poverty goes to hide. Let me say that again. That a lot of times it's religion that where domestic abuse, yeah, poverty, yeah, that 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 where that goes to hide, but racism where it goes to hide because of the bad interpretations of everyone uh, of, of people who are looking at that, and that's a, that's a tragedy. That is a tragedy that we will use what God has given us to produce life. How folks say Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. <laughs> we, we, we would use that and we would contort it and we would twist it to be able to control and maim and destroy other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, we, we need to check that out. We definitely need to check ourselves when it comes to that regard. Hmm? Absolutely. Listen, got to take a break, but listen, I don't need you to clock out. Hit me up. 
uh, 205-752-4800. Or you can hit me up on the app and let me know what you think about today's broadcast. This is the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3 FM. Best. Well, it has been an amazing day. Yes, a very insightful day. And this is just the beginning. We've got so much to talk about, about domestic awareness, domestic abuse, and domestic violence awareness. Yeah, at this month, the end of the month of October. And I want to make sure that we all have have an understanding together that uh, love is not supposed to hurt. Love is supposed to be patient. It's supposed to be kind. It's supposed to lay a foundation for how we build our families in the future. That love is supposed to cover and protect, not do harm. And so when someone says, I love you, it should not abuse you. That person should not put you in the prison of abuse. They should not view you as their enemy or something to be controlled. They shouldn't commodify your person. They, it, you, you should feel free to live. Free to breathe, free to be who God has made you to be. And yes, as a pastor and a preacher and a minister, as a father, as a husband, as one who loves, I'm going to champion that. I am a big proponent of that. That's It's a culture, even when I preach in my church, I tell the men and women that we are here to love each other and not abuse each other. And I don't know what you have been through in your own past. I don't know what has happened in your uh, in your neck of the woods growing up. I don't know what happened to your big mama or your pa- big pappy, whoever it is between your parents, that we are to love each other. And that love is to make a decision, a decision, y'all, to do the best that we can by the people who God places in our lives. I also want to bring a sense of awareness that you do not have to take abuse and violence. Maybe you found yourself in a situation where you're not being physically abused. They don't lay their hands on you, but their words, their control, their manipulation, their financial stronghold that they have on you. Yeah, I want to tell you that you may need to have a discussion. You may need to figure out ways that you can live and get around that. So that number today, as we started off, is 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. That you are not out here by yourself. There are people that are praying for you. There are people that love you. L. Spencer Smith is one of those. And definitely, we need you to get the help that you need. It is not something that God has ordained. And I don't care what anybody says. They can't find it. It's not there. It is the gross in- misinterpretations of men. Who are power hungry. And need something to control. That have given us that interpretation. And have made it and inculcated it in uh, predominant society. But that is not God's best. God is love, and those who love are of God, and those who do not are not of God, period, full stop.
Listen, as my grandmama and my mama would say at the end of every phone call, I love your bushel, I love your peck, I love your hug around the neck. I so hate to leave y'all, but I gotta go. But tomorrow, I'll be back right here from 10 a.m., 12 p.m., right here on Praise 93.3 FM, the culture call, and I am yours truly, L. Spencer Smith. I need you to treat each other well, love hard, love intentionally, and be your best on today. Y'all have a good one. Peace.